welcome to another episode of the Amera Podcast. This is John Kelly, one of the original crew, coming to you live from my apartment, front of my bookshelf, to introduce a new segment and a new type of episode that we sure hope that you'll enjoy, but it's titled the Amera Podcast Book Club. Basically, for those of you who don't know, the four of us have curated uh, an extensive book list that comprises books of different types of topics that we think that our readers might enjoy, and that would also give pretty good backgrounds into a lot of the different types of topics that we talk about on the show um, and bring up quite often. American politics, history, environmentalism, totalitarianism, things like that, immigration. And so uh, if you want to check out the list, go ahead and go to our website and from now on, probably once a month, we will be releasing just these shorter episodes to give you an introduction to one of the books on the list and chat about it a little bit. Today, it's just me, but in the future, it could be multiple hosts. So today, I'm going to discuss Sinclair Lewis's It Can't Happen Here, which is a very important novel and one that has just as much meaning today as when it was released in 1935. For those of you who don't know, Sinclair Lewis is a author from the early 20th century who was very famous in his time for writing many different types of fiction novels uh, and even won a Nobel Prize in literature in 1930 before releasing It Can't Happen Here. And It Can't, Can't Happen Here is the story of a authoritarian government sweeping into power in the United States. The title is a tongue-in-cheek referral to arguments uh, of Americans during the 1930s of why Nazism couldn't happen in the United States. And Sinclair Lewis, in this book, lays out a pretty logical step-by-step production of how it is possible in the United States. How a strong man, cult of personality type of leader could sweep into power through a populist movement and start changing the fundamental aspects of our Constitution, the powers that protect the branches of government the checks and balances we have between the federal government and also state and federal governments and issue in a new era of undemocratic authoritarian rule in the United States. Sound familiar? (laughs) I thought so too when I read it during the Trump years, when I read it again, I should say, during the Trump years a few years ago. There were a lot of things that rang true throughout this book in terms of the way that someone who disregards the fundamental aspects of why government is there and why government checks and balances are there could sweep in and change the way that our country runs. This book was in the news a lot um, over the past, uh, really during Trump's presidency, if, if you paid attention. But I'll jump into it a little bit more. Um, In in the book, 
a left-leaning populist is swept into power on promises of bringing up the working man and restarting the American economy after the stock market crash in the late 20s and the inevitable depression that followed into the early 30s. And the wave of America first sentimentality of his supporters turned quickly into violence against those who didn't believe in them, especially dissenters and people uh, who were not considered American. Again, also sounds pretty familiar and prescient uh, for what we as a country went through in the last four years. Very important book. It can be tough to read. It can bring you back pretty quickly to some of the experiences you probably felt during Trump's four years. It's eerily familiar in areas. Also shows how lucky we were that there were certain aspects of our government structure that held up. And there were certain people within the government that kept Trump in check. But overall, I think it's an important read because it also shows us the power of what mob mentality and quick thinking for fast gain can do to the detriment of society as a whole. That nationalistic fervor and people who are willing to follow that fervor to its most extreme measures, what they're willing to do to make their dreams come true. We still live in a society where our democracy, while functioning not as well as we would hope, is still there. But something like this that occurs in this book could happen, and it could happen from either side, though the threat currently is much more real on the right and much more prescient than we may have ever faced, including when this book was written in the 30s, when there actually were Nazis marching down the street in Manhattan. So, for all of you listeners out there, read it. If you have the time, if you have the energy to put towards it, again, a tough read, but I think well worth it because the underlying threats of the Trump presidency and the supporters that allowed him to sweep into power and come so close to dismantling some of our most precious democratic orders are still there. And we'll likely still be dealing with them in this upcoming midterm election, 2024, 2028, 2030, 2032. Um, we talk about it often on the pod as shifting demographics continue to happen. People who are convinced that they're losing power will often react in more and more extreme ways. Um, and maybe this book will give you some insight on how to think about and talk about with people that you're concerned might be getting pushed towards a more authoritarian viewpoint, towards a more uh, extreme viewpoint, to how to bring them back to what's important about democracy, which is not just getting the better of the other side for the sake of a few who feel that they've been slighted, but to make a society that's great for everyone involved. Sinclair Lewis's. It can't happen here. Check it out. 
and give us your feedback on the book club. Love to review some ones that you have and we'll continue to give you our reviews of the ones we have for you. Have a good one. Thank you.